Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and happy Labor Day, or Labor Day, I was going to say Eve, day after. Happy post-Labor Day to everybody. There you go. With me this week, Lavender Gooms. What's up, Bob? That's it. This is going to be a, uh, it's going to be Q's chat. We're going to talk about Syracuse football. Well, I guess uh, to talk about more about the Labor Day angle, I'm a little sad because another year has gone by and another year I've never worn these white jeans I have in my closet. And now that it's going to be the day after Labor Day, you know, it'd be a big fashion faux pas to wear them. So now they're just going to stay in there until next summer. Yeah, but Mike, we know you're punk rock. You can go out there tomorrow in those white jeans, stick it to the fucking man. Mm. I don't know, man. I am not that counterculture. Fair enough. Um, all right, boys and girls. Um, it's kind of a weird week. Uh, it's a short week for all of you. Short week for us. Nice day off. Went to the gym. Cleaned my uh, bedroom a lot. Cleaned my apartment. There's no dog in my house for the next week, I think, roughly. Hey, uh, where's Pop-Tart? Pop-Tart's with his dad. And they're, uh, as I was told, I'm going to Pebble Beach. I got the next 10 days off, so I, I don't know when I'm coming back exactly. That's 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 what I got from the roommate. So <laughs> I'm aiming, I think, seven days at most. No dog in my house. So I'm going to see how clean it can really get before she comes in and just sheds all over the place. That was <laughs> shed, S-H-E-D. She doesn't do the other thing because she's a good girl. Um, But, yeah, boys are uh, all over the place taking, doing their, uh, you know, family stuff, married stuff, Mike and I. Don't got stuff. Don't got stuff at all, except... Nope, we're just two sad people. All there we himself. are. We're fucking professionals, okay? Because, you know, guys, when I say we're recording at 6.15 on Monday, that means we're recording somewhere between 6.15 and, like, 7.15. We'll start recording. But that's... We're recording. The record button will be hit probably three or four times. I will have made a mistake. Unleashed 15 to 20 profanities, probably. Um... Oh, I was, that noise you folks just heard is uh, DJ Mark telling me his picks for this fight card this weekend from Abu Dhabi. So, still working, even though he's in... You know what? Actually, he's in Santa Cruz. The boardwalk's got him now, Mike. We never, we may not get him back. Like, Wait, is there a boardwalk in Santa Cruz? Is that like your version of Atlantic City? or There's no gambling. It's, it's less sleazy. It's just actually... It's Santa Cruz. It's a nice place. Got hippies. Got outdoors. I went and visited the University of California, Santa Cruz, when I was picking colleges, I remember. I remember I walked around, and I turned to my dad, and I said, I can't go to school here. This is way too fucking outdoorsy. Some hippie bullshit. And he's like, I don't disagree with you. You would do horribly here. So, <laughs> and my little brother was like, yep, nope. You're going to get eaten by a bear, which I don't think there are bears down there. But anyway. Isn't their mascot literally a bear? I think they're banana slugs. What the hell's a banana slug? It kind of looks like a 
banana pepper with a sh- <laughs> that works for you. <laughs> you know what? I don't even need to know anymore about UC Santa Cruz. The simple fact that's their mascot, yeah, you wouldn't have done well there. Oh, I mean, let me tell you about the people, about the great University of California system. All the colors are some variation of blue and gold. This is real fucking regional stuff, but for those of you on like the East Coast and stuff, I'm teaching you something. As you notice, University of California, Berkeley, like a nice gold and navy. University of California, Los Angeles, baby blue. And they're more gold, actually, anybody else. I went to UC Davis, the Aggies. My brother went to UC Irvine, the Anteaters. UC San Diego is, I don't remember, but... I don't remember Riverside either. This is going off the rails. But there are they are banana slugs at UC Santa Cruz. Isn't UC San Diego the Aztecs? I think that's San Diego State. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That's the school if you're trying to go to school in San Diego. I'm not saying you got to go to San Diego State, but that's where you should party. You might know them famously as the time that a whole bunch of frats got busted for cocaine. Like a large cocaine ring. Like this, like felonious distribution of cocaine out of frats. That was for San Diego State. That's a good place to party. Yeah. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard also went there. Kawhi Leonard's. I mean, things are making a little bit more sense about him now. Just saying. Um, I don't even know where the fuck we're going with this. I'm at this point really just googling uh, the mascot of the University of California, San Diego. Well, what have you found it, out? It, it's a Triton. It's a thing. You uh, mean- like like what Poseidon has? Yeah. All right, that's, that's not bad. No, nah, it's not it's not bad at all. Um, all right, boys and girls, uh, we're going to talk about the fact that we got a new women's strawweight. I forgot the name of the weight class. Strawweight champion, Wei Li Zhang, or Zhang Wei Li, uh, took care of Miss Jessica Andrade in forty two seconds, I believe, Mike. A fucking thrashing. This is called the UFC betting on a situation and hitting fucking big. Putting a Chinese champion fighting in China. I Assuming the attendance did was well. I'm just going to take a shot here. It seemed like it was a very successful evening. And then she I goes ha- out there. To, I have to assume that the attendance in the China card was probably pretty compulsory for a lot of people. If you know what I mean. All right. Thank you. <laughs> This is a podcast. We're going to get banned in China before we get credentialed by the UFC. That's the goal here. Though, at this point, we can't even get credentialed by Bellator. We're really we're somehow going backwards. This is the sad part here. Um, yeah, Mike, um, I forgot which... I mean, I woke up about 10 minutes after this card ended, and you had messaged me, and you were just like, are you up? And I'm like, well, that means we have a new champion. Um, that's what that means. <laughs> and I pulled up ESPN Plus, and they were still talking to Jessica Andrade. I'm like, shit, this just ended. Okay. And I rewinded. And I think a best description of this fight, Mike, would be Whaley Zhang hit Jessica Andrade with some hook. I forgot what it was. But it doesn't matter because she then proceeded to unleash the entire Muay Thai arsenal on Jessica Andrade's face. Yeah, so if I can get into the fight... I think for me, what happened was that Jessica Andrade, I don't want to say that she took Wei Li Zhang lightly, but Jessica Andrade, what she did in this fight is that she did what she's been doing since she dropped down to 115, where she just waited in and started, you know, 
you know, started employing her offense because, frankly, no one's been able to even phase her since she came down to 115. And Weili Zhang was a different story. And, you know, that's something that I think Jessica Andrade should have been a bit more weary about just looking at the track record that Weili Zhang has had um, from her time in the UFC and her time leading up to the UFC. Mike, she, I apologize. One second. Wouldn't she also maybe yeah. take note of her last fight where in an eight-minute fight with Rose Namajunas, she was losing seven minutes and 45 seconds of it from just well, getting, yeah, she, walking she, forward she, and getting hit. <laughs> she was for sure losing um, all pretty much all of the time up until she slammed Rose on her head. But in that last fight, it's not like she really had any moments where she was hurt at all. Rose was basically just outpointing her throughout the whole fight, you know, staying at a distance and making sure not to get in there. And... You know, Andrade just picked a moment when she could in that Rose fight and got in, not respecting Rose's power, and then dumped her on her head. Do you not and, feel her employing the Daniel Cormier strategy two weeks after Daniel Cormier lost his belt was a questionable move at best? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's questionable because DC, yeah, for DC it was a questionable move because DC is fighting a heavyweight. All right, Jessica Andrade. I think justifiably had a sense to her that none of these bitches can knock me out. I'm just saying they had the same attitude. And you know what? It took him four, it took him 19 minutes to lose. It took her 42 seconds. They could have, they, they, the hot pocket was only half ready. Okay. Actually, how long is the hot pocket? Is it 90 seconds? I think it's, I think it is 90 seconds. Yeah. And if you have one of those microwaves that doesn't turn, it's really more like two minutes. You know what's happening right now? We're going to know if Mark is listening to the podcast this week because he's going to come up to me on like when I see him because he's taking tomorrow off also from work. But if I see him on Wednesday and he's just like, you dumb motherfuckers, 90 second hot pocket. What the fuck's wrong with you? This is a passion project for him. I mean, it's always a it's always very hit or miss when it comes to hot pockets because you either leave an in, leave them in there too long and it becomes like molten lava or you got that horrible shit that happens that like the whole outside of the hot pocket will be nice and nice and like lava like but then when you get a bite in it becomes like you're just biting into an igloo it's a big mess i mean mark is right Oh, did I mute myself? Yeah, I think you did. Well, you couldn't just fucking say that? I'm just sitting here with dead air? There's well, no, there's no third or fourth person here, buddy. <laughs> I thought I thought it was that my connection was bad. Way to go. Um, let's just talk about this, though. Um, Andrade, I mean, with one of the shortest title reigns ever. Um, not a great look. Uh, she's not getting an immediate rematch. It's just not going to happen. Well, why wouldn't you say that? Who else is there at 115 that you think deserves a title shot? Rose. I mean, Rose is just talking about in the last few months of possibly hanging them up. You think a girl who had no title defenses at a three-month title reign and lost in 42 seconds of getting immediate rematch. I just want to point out that we live in a world where Demetrius Johnson not only didn't get an immediate rematch in a split decision loss after 15 title defenses, but he got traded off the continent. Yeah, you seem to still be operating under an assumption that logic matters in any of this. Well, you just went in there and said, why wouldn't she? So I thought we're applying logic. 
If we're going the new magical land of unicorn and, and fucking leprechauns, where we decide things based on, you know, a wh the whim of a bald man with a fucking machine gun made of cocaine in his office. Do you see that shit? Okay. I did not know. <laughs> He's got a, a machine gun made out of drugs in his office. And I'm sitting here with Patreon Zan saying that she makes more money showing her boobs on Instagram than she does fighting. I mean, I guess if there's no, only really two no. options, it's either going to be Rose or Andrade. And I'm trying I to look at the I'm standing. I'm that up more to just, I don't know who else there is at 115. Uh, Tatiana Suarez is the number one contender. Oh, shit. Tatiana yeah. Suarez is going to try to go Donkey Kong in this girl. But if she can't get her down, it's going to be a rough time. This is going to be a real, like, this is a real old school matchup if it happens. Real old school. Because if Tatiana doesn't uh, get a hold of her, it's it's a problem. So do you think that Tatiana is going to get the next title shot? Or do you think that I think people thought she was maybe a, a contender fight between Rose and Tatiana? Pardon me. Um, I think it's definitely I thought Tatiana was going to get it already. She's ranked third or sorry. She's ranked second. First is Rose. Weili Zhang was ranked sixth. Like, Tatiana didn't complain either, because her last fight was... I mean, look, it didn't matter how well she was going to fight. There's an opportunity to have a Chinese champion and, like, relatively justifiable title matchup. And in defense of Weili Zhang, she beat a lot of good girls to get here. Yeah. she Everybody she beat, we recognized, and, I mean, shit, you beat Jessica Aguilar and Tisha Torres back-to-back. -back. Fucking props. Yeah. I think this is, this is one of those times where even though Weili Zhang was ranked about sixth, no one was saying, oh, well, like, she doesn't deserve it or, like, she can't be champion. Uh, yeah. So I had no problems with this, uh, you know, with this matchup. And obviously no. it, it, it came out to be true. I mean, we're looking in a world where Uriah Faber might get a title shot. So how am I going to complain about the number six person getting a title shot? Um, Yeah, I think it's Tatiana. I want to see that fight. I don't. If I'm them, I maybe want to keep Tatiana Suarez away from let me keep her away from Tatiana Suarez, or depending on how we're looking at this, I'm trying to say maybe you don't put your striker champion against an American, you know, Olympic level wrestler. Yeah, then maybe fighting Rose would be uh, the next best best option. But I think it would be a great matchup to see Zhang fight Tatiana, just because their their two styles are so different. Uh, how you mentioned earlier. It would be a game to see. Well, we don't really know what Jang's um, ground game or wrestling is like. I have to imagine it's it's not the best. I mean, she got seven submissions. I'm looking. Yeah, but how many of those are she a lot stuns of the person and then just you know gets her rear naked? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll see. So far, Tisha Torres wrestling doesn't, doesn't Dennis Seaver have a whole bunch of submission wins? Kicking dudes in the reason. guts, kicking them in the guts, and getting that choke while they're yeah. trying to breathe. <laughs> it doesn't exactly make you a, a jujitsu black belt. When you fucking break down his ending of fights, it sounds real mean. He kicks you. You're you're fucking just on the ground writhing, and you try to <laughs> just catch your breath, and the dude's choking you. It sounds real cruel. Um, yeah, it's hard. Let's see what that happens. I mean, a lot of turnover in this division. After we had you had Yoana Champion rule this shit for years. She, I mean, she took out Claudia, uh, Claudia, yeah, Claudia, not Claudia, sorry, Carla, in yeah. Carla's first ever defense. 
Um, that was a fight where Carla shot for a takedown and got stuffed in the first round, and all the guys in me just went, oh, it's over. <laughs> She's not going to stop that. Um, that would be partly what i feel if Tatiana Suarez couldn't get a takedown on Zhang. It's going to be one of those fights. Yeah, but you know, I think it's to be expected that, you know, you talked about that, uh, you know, there's a lot of upheaval in this uh, in this division. But, you know, much like with a uh, long term dictator, you know, in a totalitarian country, when <laughs> when a long term champion leaves, you know, there's going to be a power vacuum man. you know, people are just going to be grabbing for gold. Thank you. Just You're welcome. <laughs> We're never going to be invited to cover UFC China. Let me tell you that, guys. In case you guys thought that was up for grabs at some point. Um, all right. Uh, Li Jing Lang. Before this, probably the most well-known fighter out of China. Uh, dude went out there and had a real, you know, don't forget about me fucking ending to his fight with... Uh, Elizu Zaleski dos Santos, huh? Yeah, and um, yeah, so he got the knockout basically right at the end of the third round, but he was winning the whole fight pretty handily. Um, I remember actually watching that fight, watching the third round, thinking, "Oh well, you know, he won the first two rounds. You know, I guess he he can just coast, um, you know, and just not get knocked out the third round." But he went after it the whole third round. Um, he didn't let up. He was going for blood. He was trying to get the finish, and he ended up getting it at the end. And it was a pretty sweet moment, um, you know, leading up to the main event. Um, he was very hyped. You know, he, he was very proud of himself. And, you know, he regaled us with just a, just a pinch, just a scotch amount of, uh, you know, I love my country. I love China. You know, China is the best. It's so he's eliminated himself possibly from playing Mulan when they have to reshoot that whole movie, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, man, Disney must be pissed. You guys don't know what I'm talking about, just real quickly Google Mulan, Hong Kong. <laughs> just yeah, have you seen this shit, Mike? I actually have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, the, the, the girl playing Mulan, the girl, huh? She a dude or something? No, no, she is anti-Hong Kong protester pro kicking the fuck out of them, them by the police. Mulan Star supports Hong Kong police. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's pro-China, huh? Uh, I mean, okay, maybe. I mean, yeah, but maybe. She, she, she's in a movie where she's literally playing a character who is a soldier for China. I know, man, but maybe don't say nothing. <laughs> People are protesting and shit. I mean, whew. I mean, I wasn't going to see the movie anyway, so I'm good. Uh, but. <laughs> if anything, she's playing a numbers game up in here, okay? Hong Kong is a itty bitty little city, all right? At the very tip, all right? You know how big China is? China is massive. I know, but right? if, if you want people She wants in, people to see this movie. Do you want people in the United States to see the movie? Because they're protesting now. I'm just saying, um, Disney would like all these people to see the movie. If she says nothing, everybody sees the movie. <laughs> that's a good point. Why is she divvying up that, you know, <laughs> the options there? Um, UFC will be back in China soon. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that. Uh, the, with their Chinese champion. 
Um, this might be the way class where the, the whole division's booked for not us to, for us not to watch, given the time of these cards. But we'll see where we go from there. Uh, Andrade, after winning, after breaking off a good number of wins, comes to a halt. Man, four straight wins, four straight pretty fucking one-sided wins. Um, Weili Zhang, twenty straight wins. Yeah, and you know I. Don't count Andrade out. I think she just went in there with, you know, a bad game plan. And the idea that she was going to fight the 125-pound champion after this fight. Talking yeah. about that all week. And, and you know, and also, if you go back and watch the fight, it was a pretty hectic exchange between the two. It could have very well been that Andrade cracked Zhang in that exchange before Zhang did, and then we would have had a different story. I mean... This is what Derek Brunson told himself when he started chasing after Bobby Knuckles like a chicken with his head cut off. This was a slightly more controlled version of that, Mike. It was a bad performance. It was a really not good performance. Jessica Andrade is an incredible fighter, but that was a bad performance. Yeah. Can't fight like that. Can't fight with reckless abandon like that, thinking you're just Mike Tyson waiting in here. It was very Tyson. (laughs) You show up unprepared, you get your ass whooped on foreign soil. Um, All right. uh, UFC is going to be... uh, in Abu Dhabi this weekend, um, a card that the main card, I'm actually pretty good with the time of this pay-per-view, Mike. 11 a.m. main card for us, 2 p.m. for you. It's not bad. No. no you know, you could get yourself a nice early brunch if you want. Yeah. I like the events where I'm, make, or I'm eating an omelet and drinking a cup of coffee. Those are my favorite events. So even even slightly early start, I was earlier start, I was okay with too. Um, coming to you from a stadium they're building right now where nobody building it has any rights or you know any benefits to their job uh ufc 242 um habib versus poirier where they are unifying the lightweight championship um dustin poirier the interim champion which mike looking at his face might have forgotten he even had a belt Uh, no 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 don't i don't didn't forget that not at all yeah, I mean, if we were going to really unify this belt, we would have had our third interim champion, Tony Ferguson, in here, and we go triple threat. Just saying, that would have been the way to go, if you ask me. Um, that that would have meant that it would have been a triple face-off, right? Mm. Where instead of seeing one thing that we've been seeing for the last eight months, where well, you'll get a champion versus champion, mm-hmm. where the interim champ has the new belt mm-hmm. and the old champ still has the old belt. Mm-hmm. In this case, we would have had two champs with an old belt and one champ with a new belt. That's true. Um, Khabib and Dustin Poirier, really quite a matchup. We haven't seen Khabib since he started a riot after he choked Conor McGregor um, October, last October, I believe, UFC 226, I think. I used to be way better with this, guys. No, not 226. I went to 226. 229, I think. 229. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's um, go with it. Um, Poirier, last time we saw him was when he won this belt. He beat up Max Holloway. Got on him early and just maintained. Held on. Got that victory. Great fight. Um, Barbosa, Edson Barbosa, Paul Felder also happening. Rest of the cards a little thin. Um, I mean, guys, this card's in Abu Dhabi. There's a guy named Islam fighting. There's another guy, there's another guy named Muslim fighting. It's that type of Wait card. A second. Is his name actually Muslim? Yeah, I mean, first off, everybody calm the fuck down. I'm Iranian, so 
I can say this. I can point all these things out for you, okay? Islam Makachev and Muslim Sakhov. Sakhov. You know what? I guess it's not that weird because I've known people named Christian. Well, Islam Makachev we've seen before. I don't think I've seen Muslim fight yet. Islam Makachev is one of those guys where he's on a bit of a fucking run. Like he's one, two, three... For five wins in a row, six wins and seven fights in the UFC. Dana might have to learn his name soon if he wins this one. Um, Mo- Muslim is, uh, he's had two UFC fights too. Shit. Don't remember him fighting. Um, I'm trying to see if they're on the same team because if they aren't booking Muslim versus Islam later on, it's just a missed opportunity. Well, I mean, I think Muslim versus Islam, isn't that like. You know, I'm not even going to make that joke. Yeah, we're good. You know what? We should stop talking. <laughs> I've waded into this enough myself. Um, All right. Got some decent fights here and there on this thing. This is a pretty thin card, quite frankly. Seems very regional. As Mike, we were talking about it, the other, you said before the show started, another week of UFC booking regionally. What's the difference with this card, though? It's a bunch of Muslims. Well, no, they want our money. Ah, yes, <laughs> that part too. The UFC. <laughs> that is it. I mean, the other difference is location, yes. Um, all right, Khabib and Dustin, betting odds for this fight is, uh, Khabib's a big favorite, man. He's never lost. He's, Dustin Poirier's lost more fights than Dustin, Khabib's lost rounds. Yeah, to give you the exact fight odds, uh, Khabib is a minus 450, uh, favorite. I mean, you just let that pass when I said that Dustin has more losses than Khabib has lost rounds, but I felt that was a pretty good little quip I came up with right there. Just letting you know. It's pretty proud of myself on that one. No, that's pretty good. I would have caught it, but I was busy trying to find out what the exact uh, betting odds were. That's 20, my bad. Twenty-seven and zero, Khabib Nurmagomedov, fighting for Dagestan, and uh, yeah, other stuff too. Uh, Dustin Poirier, man, one of those guys where fatherhood just lit a fire under his ass because he is one, two, three, six fights on feet unbeaten. Five of those wins, one of those was a no contact because Eddie Alvarez tried to cheat and get a win. Um, honestly, he's lost once in four years, and that was Michael Johnson cracking him real good early in the fight, if you remember that one. Um, what? Wait, when did he lose to Connor? Has that dude, been more than four years ago? It was five years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a matchup we'd like to see run back, personally. I speak for, for all of us at It's Amazing. We also speak in favor. We also in favor of Connor fighting anybody. Literally, anybody. Doesn't matter. He can fight Mike. Mike might even I mean, be in favor of that. He'll probably get paid. I mean, he, he fought that old guy a few weeks ago. I mean, the old guy took that punch, too. <laughs> yeah, if they told you that old guy got, like, 20 grand, like, if you would you take the punch for, like, 20 grand? Hell yeah. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to have some provisos in here. At the same power he hit that other guy with. He's not going to hit you full clip and kill you and give you a... Yeah, I'll stand, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stand behind you so your head doesn't hit the fucking cement somewhere, okay? I'll, I'll, do, that. I'll do that for, like, five Gs, man. What are you talking about? Okay. Like, if I just get cracked once, but there's no concussion and, this like, is gonna no be lasting damage? Our worst or best podcast in years. <laughs> um, I, I think... I'm picking Khabib, man. It's... He doesn't lose i i mean if dustin wins it'd be cool it'd be really cool just to like i don't know just for the excitement of it um but i don't i mean i've seen him get beat by wrestlers not as good as habib dustin's gotten way better recently man but that is habib's just the fights aren't close yeah for sure i mean 
I have to assume that Steph and Mark will be picking Khabib as well. But... You pick wrong. You were incorrect in that assumption because Stefan's picking Poirier. Because Stefan's feeling himself after picking Zhang. <laughs> He's going all in <laughs> with the nonsense. Right. First off, I'm pretty sure I re-listened to that podcast last week. He picked Zhang almost like as a joke. That was all his right? pick? That's what Stefan does, man. So that when it doesn't work out, he's like, ah, I was just picking. <laughs> okay. That's what that's how you pick, right? With right? Well, I'm picking Habib because I mean yeah, logic man, dictates. He's minus four fifty. Nothing outside of the uh the fight with Al Quinto where he just didn't look as dominant. Michael Johnson also got some cracks in. Yeah, well, Nothing has shown me that, you know, he's going to be losing anytime soon. I mean, Poirier has improved so much over the last three years or so. And his performance against Max Holloway was was really good and really impressive. I didn't think he, he, he had a chance against Max. Um, I hold Max in very high regard. I know a lot of other people do. Um, so he's come a long way. Um, from where he was, um, you know, two, three years ago, for sure. But Habib is on a whole nother level. I mean, obviously, if if Dustin can actually find a way to to to, to get a shot in, um, you know, before Habib just like grabs a leg and drags him all the way down, he'll have a shot. But I'm giving that maybe a one percent shot. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna pay for this pay per view. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. Um, I have no interest to pay $60, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to watch Habib just, you know, manhandle this man. And it just be one-sided. I got nothing to do. I'm going to order it. Um, Yeah, three of us are picking Habib. Um, Stefan's picking Poirier. If he wins, it'd be awesome. Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not even saying that. I'm not even saying that as like, I'm like, oh, fuck Habib. Because I'm not even talking about Habib's other stuff. I mean, just in general, from the sporting aspect, it'd be kind of cool to see him lose. Just saying. It'd be cool to see him lose. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Lafayette, Louisiana, they lost their uh, one of their champions. So That was, that was, was our champion. One. That was our champion. That's all oh. we had. We're losing titles every like every other week here, man. Yeah, we, lost, we lost the basketball one. <laughs> we lost our heavyweight championship. Kane's going to have to go win a fucking belt in, down in Mexico in AAA for us to feel better about ourselves. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens here. I know that, like, Khabib's got, I was telling you before this podcast started, I get the logic here. Khabib is the most famous Muslim athlete possibly in the world at the moment. Um, and you want to put him in Abu Dhabi, which is, everybody's Muslim. But he got a lot of fans after this Connor fight. And maybe this fight could have waited, like, a year before we sent him there. Maybe, like... We see if we can sell some pay-per-views because I don't think this necessarily makes him any more of a pay-per-view star. You know what I mean? This is kind of it, Mike, right? This is peak as we're going to get out of Khabib being a pay-per-view draw is this moment. Yeah, but you also got to consider the possibility that they might not be they might not be banking on getting a lot of money when it comes to pay-per-views here. But this is Abu Dhabi, so you have to assume that they are getting a pretty sweet deal to bring the UFC there for this fight and also to bring their Muslim champion over there as well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe you do these type of things before the company goes public and you get scrutiny also. You know, 
WWE. Not Saudi Arabia, at least. I know. Of course it's not, but it's not great anyway. Um, Co-main event, Edson Barbosa versus Paul Felder. Um, I saw that they booked this, Mike, and I was like, I swear to God, I've seen this fight. Um, I swear we've seen, and we have, which I remember it being good. It was fight of the night, but I, given the number of, I mean, it's a lightweight division. You can close your eyes and point to two names and it's going to be a good fight. Like in terms of talent, it's like 20 deep in terms of a very, being a very talented division. It's arguably the most talented division in the sport. Um, but I mean, maybe Paul Felder. You know, he works for broadcast partners now. He's maybe he's calling in that chip, Mike, huh? Maybe he's like, I want this one back. And uh the first fight, I believe they went to decision, if I'm not mistaken. Tell That's me correct. back this was like what, four or five years ago, maybe? Uh yeah, four years about. ago. Four years ago. Uh fight of the night. Since that fight, uh Barbosa is four and four. Paul Felder is buh, 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 six and three. Granted, one of them was playing was fighting better people than the other. Uh, Barbosa only fights really good fighters, man. Uh, betting odds for this one: Barbosa is minus one fifty five, Felder plus one thirty five. Stefan's picking Felder. Mark is picking Barbosa. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, this fight was pretty tough for me to pick. Um... You're right that Barboza has fought in better competition. I I do think that Barboza is the better fighter of the two at, at this moment, uh, but I don't think it's by that much. I think for sure this fight is just going to be a barn burner of a fight. Much Are like we questioning the chin yet? Who of Barboza? Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't he only really have that one weird knockout against Cerrone in his last few fights? Yeah, he just got killed though. Cerrone was a while ago. That was before the first Felder fight. I'm talking about, like, Gaethje fucking killed him. Yeah, but, I mean, Gaethje hits really hard, though. Uh, Kevin Lee beat the fuck out of him, too, man. Yeah, Kevin Lee's another one that hits really hard. He's not a kid, though. I mean, look, I'm picking Barboza. Let me be clear about this. And I'm about to tell you a man who is only 15 days older than me is getting a little older. Okay? But Barboza's 33, man. This is We're 27 fights in. Like... We won't realize how long we've been watching Barboza fight. Barboza's first fight was at UFC 123 when he was 6-0. and Holy shit. Yeah, he has had 21 UFC fights. I guess when you think about it, that Terry Adam fight feels like a very distant memory. I mean, whew, that was that was so cool. That's he's always Barboza's living forever just for that moment. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going Barbosa too. I'm just I'm like you. This is a little. You're picking Barbosa, right? Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be a a a really entertaining fight to see. Um, if I were buying this pay per view, this would be the fight that I would essentially be buying it to watch. I really didn't know who to pick, so I turned to my trusty standby option. Um, I let the face decide. I flipped the quarter and. It came up with Barboza. Fair enough. Um, this actually is the reason I can justify buying this. is because at least it's got another fight that I really want to see. Um, we're not picking the fight, but Curtis Blades is sending, being sent out there to batter Shamil Abdurakhimov. Because, I'm saying that because the betting odds in this one are bonkers. He is a bigger favorite than Khabib. Um, minus 485. People are really starting to ride the uh, 
getting on the Curtis, Curtis Blades train. We're trying to ignore the fact that Ngannou knocked him out in 45 seconds. Um, Has fought in the UFC, or are they just bringing a dude that's out there ready? To, I'm pretty sure he got smoked by uh, Derek Lewis or Ngannou, one of the two. Let me see. Derek Lewis knocked him out. He's had a lot of UFC fights, actually. <laughs> this is his eighth. Uh, well, I know we're, we're picking one more fight after this, but I'm interested to see uh, the what Diego Ferreira does. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about him earlier, and I was making the joke about having a guy named Islam and a guy named Muslim, but Islam Makashev's winning a lot of fights, and I would ask, I would say he needs to fight be- a better person than uh, than Davi Ramos. Davi Ramos is a fine fighter, but Islam Makashev is killing people. You're when you're you show up in the UFC eleven and zero, and now you're seventeen and one. This, is, I mean, come on, it's well, we gotta see what he we gotta see what he's got, don't we? Well, also remember that they're going to wait to do that for a fight that's n- not in front of, you know, a whole bunch of Muslims and not in Abu Dhabi. Fair enough. Um, the one we are picking, Joanne Calderwood, Andrea KGB Lee. Um, I swear we just saw Andrea Lee fight. Like, am I missing something? Didn't it just, am I, we were talking about her coming back after. Yeah, she just fought because we I mean she had that. All that stuff with her uh, Nazi husband. Right. She's yeah. the one with the Nazi husband. Yeah, and then she fought like three weeks after he went on the run and got caught. After he got caught after going on the run. Um, I was Her getting a win after around all that was impressive. Uh, Joanne Calderwood. She's, uh, by the way, in a three-fight. Well, she's 3-0 in the UFC with three decisions. Joanne Calderwood, last time we saw her fight uh, was lost against to Caitlin Shohagen. Yeah, um, a fight. She really had to win that fight. She didn't. Uh, she is a underdog in this one, right? She is plus one ninety to Andrea Lee's minus two thirty. Boys are big, both picking Andrea Lee, and I'm be honest, I'm kind of, I'm done. Just picking Joanne Calderwood for the sake of picking Joanne Calderwood. She's got to win this, but I don't think she's going to. I got Andrea Lee. Yeah, this is gonna be a sweep for me. I'm gonna pick uh, KGB as well. Yeah. As much as we all love JoJo, you know. Did you know that KGB is thirty nine years old? I did not think she was that old. She's thirty. Not according to, not according to MMA Junkie. MMA Junkie's wrong. Well, Wikipedia says she's thirty. Yeah, I was gonna say like she has a really young face for her to be forty years old. I'm honestly wondering if MMA Junkie just gave her Tanya Avenger's birthday because they're both blonde and they just rolled with it. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. That's entirely possible. I mean, well, 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 real talk. What do they have for her birthday? What's the date they have? <laughs> uh, February February 11th, 1980. Okay. So that is her actual birthday, February 11th, but it's 1989. Uh, okay. And Tanya Evans is 38. I really thought I uncovered something here. <laughs> I really thought I figured something out. Yeah, this card's happening this Saturday. Um, another card happening. Bellator. 200 and something. Sorry. 226. Vader versus Congo. One Mark and I tried to go to, but I'm just going to assume, Mike, given that the UFC is in Abu Dhabi, a lot of the more established MMA media is not being sent to Abu Dhabi, and they're just going to go to the Bellator card instead. So, so that we that can mean? watch Ryan Bader and Czech Congo. Yeah, you know, we would have covered the shit out of it, man. UFC you wouldn't give a shit about. We, I'm just saying, we would have... 
covered the shit out of this for you guys. We go to these Bellator events. Mike and I take this shit seriously. We have two laptops. We're taking notes. We tweeting. We're doing everything. Um, um, we were taking. We would be taking notes with the laptops. I would have asked for like the Wi-Fi. So. Oh, they do give us the Wi-Fi. I, I got my hot tweets. So I can get gotta, on like ESPN, check my fantasy team, maybe. You know, if Bader, if Khabib and Dustin was still happening, that's what we would have pulled up. To be honest, um, yeah. Um, honestly, uh, Bellator's got a fun thing going here with Ryan Bader being double champion, Mike. And this is a real opportunity to ruin it. Like. A real opportunity to ruin do, all the fun. Do you think that Czech Congo has a legitimate chance of beating him? I mean, what would you define a fight that goes five rounds where Czech Congo holds him against the cage, nut shots him at least two times? I mean, is the scorecard anything other than a split decision in that one? That's entirely possible. <laughs> I'm telling you how it happens. Look, if Czech Congo goes in there, hits him with like a big boot and a leg drop like Hulk Hogan, sure, that'd be fucking awesome. But I don't think we're going to get that. Yeah, what if he just hulks up afterwards? Does the ear cup thing? Man, I swear. I think I say this every time Chet Congo's going to fight, but man, every time I see him coming down the, uh, you know, whatever the hallway is for, for when he's going to fight, every time it always gets me. Holy shit, this guy looks like a destroyer of worlds. Like, this guy's going to just murder people. And then in the cage, it's like, oh my god. I don't need to take a sleep aid anymore. Well, there was, remember, like, there was the natural comparisons, obviously, because this is, you know, MMA, and we try to get narrow as possible with our worldview. When Nganu showed up, where people was like, awesome, we got another French black dude. And when Czech Congo was first in the, got to the UFC, he was killing people. And then all of a sudden, there was a turn where the fights got real bad. And I remember when Nganu had the Derek Lewis fight, a couple, I saw a couple places online were like, oh no, he's reaching his final form. <laughs> He's coming, Czech Congo. Uh, if Czech Congo ever sees me, he would hurt me so badly. <laughs> no, he would probably just like rough you up against the cage a bit, and like you'd pretty much come out the same way you came in. Czech Congo, I am. If you see a you know, when you see it's I'm amazing, and you see a fat guy, just know that I'm the one speaking well of you. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, but you know what? This is actually um some good stuff on this card because it is the opening round of their. Featherweight Grand Prix. I like these tournaments they're doing. Um, Campos and Daniel Strauss sounds awesome. Um, Sam Cecilia, you know, Mark's favorite guy. Not He's going to be fighting on the card. His boy. His boy. Pat Curran on there. Uh, Pedro Carvalho. Uh, Taiwan Claxton. Emmanuel Sanchez. I mean, they kind of set that up for him to win, fighting a guy that, uh, that young and inexperienced. But there's some good people on this card. Um Wait, so this Grand Prix, is it like how it used to be with Bellator where they fight the champion at the end? Or are they just getting like a trophy or something? I think it's like they're doing now where they put – remember they put Rory in the tournament and he had to defend his belt in every round? I think that ends soon or if it didn't end already. That's a problem with these like one-year tournaments. I lose track of exactly what we're doing. I think they're doing like a reseeding thing though. So they just book whatever matchups they want. At each round. So they call it a tournament, but it's not really a tournament. It kind of is. I mean, it's loose elimination. The NBA should do that thing, man. At the end of each round, we just reseed the shit with what we want to actually see. Yeah, I mean, they basically do it in every other major sport, right? They don't do it in that. Isn't it all kind of established based on... No, in football, you reseed. In hockey, you reseed. Oh, that's true. Well, it's based on, like... 
I mean, I'm saying they're going to do it just like we want to see this fight. Not so much like he's the one seed who, like, you know, the one seed always faces the lowest guy who come up type thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, yeah, fuck it. Um, real quickly before we do stuff we like, which I'm not sure how we talked about, talk for 40 minutes plus already now. Um, this BJ Penn's thing, um, the argument that he, like, the other guy started this fight is I think you're, we're, you're all missing the point, right, Mike? Like, we all know how this ends, and there's a couple options, and most of them are really sad for BJ Ped. Um, and this is a guy who we always, for his whole career, we noticed that corner of his was just like a bunch of yes dudes going, yeah, BJ, you got this. And being part of BJ Penn's team was being like BJ Penn Industries was like a fucking thing between that stupid website and, you know, all the merch and, you know, the the forum and the report, all the stuff that was like, and the only ever time, only time we ever saw that him, like probably somebody was challenging him was when the Marinovich brothers just made him work his ass off. Um, this needs and, to stop. And put him into the best shape of his life. Yeah, but this we're like so far beyond that. We, we This needs to stop. And I know Dana White says one more fight and that's his last fight in the UFC. But, I mean, how much confidence do you have that, like, he's not going to be fighting in Bellator? When he's, like, one of his best friends. The fact that one of his best friends is the Bellator matchmaker, Rich Chow. Do you think that gives us hope that Rich Chow is going to be like, no, nah, dude, you're not fighting anybody? Or he's going to give him the fight because he knows at least, like, Bellator is running some sort of a legitimate operation before BJ ends up fighting in some Russian league? I would like to say they would listen to their better better angels and not have BJ fight, but friend or not, at the end of the day, what they're going to focus on are potential dollar signs. And if the next fight is indeed BJ Penn's last fight in the UFC, look, it would, still be, it would still be a crew for Bellator, even if he just fights you know, two or three scrubs in a given year. And they're going to book Michael Chandler and BJ Penn and oh, let God. Michael Chandler take the scalp of BJ Penn. I'm just saying, I mean, look, I'm a big BJ Penn fan, and all the stuff that's come out in the last few, I mean, look, the stuff with his wife is not ideal, but he has lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight fights. Isn't he a uh, one fight, like one win above 500? He is 16, 14, and two. And the fight before that, Mike, was when he fought John Fitch to a draw. Do you remember that shit? We were like, in our in, in our apartment, and he he won the first two rounds wrestling. We're like, what? The f-? And then John Fitch got on top and got a ten eight round. But we're like, fuck, whatever. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, Although one thing, I mean, one thing I would like to say is that if you look at his uh, you know seven fight losing streak, look how many of them are like they just offered BJ up to like you know a, a, an up and coming wolf, and you know that shouldn't be who BJ's fighting at this point. I mean, how many? Wait, okay. There was like one of those. Well, let's take that, a look. Take a look he, at it. Let me go one at a time here, because okay, the first couple are BJ Penn still. Okay, we Nick Diaz. Okay, no, I remember he, he was still he was still good. You remember that card because you were just angry the whole time we were there. Yes, yes. Um, Rory McDonald. That's when I bet money on him winning that well, fight in oh, Seattle. Wait. Just to go back to the Nick Diaz fight. I do remember that we were in attendance to hear the uh, opening line in the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Yeah, we only go to good events, folks. We always memorable shit happens when we go. Train to by day, Joe Rogan podcast by uh, by night. 
all day. Yeah. Then Rory, okay, and he didn't look great, and we're like, that, well, I should that, probably that's, a, that's a, the first hungry, you know, yeah, potential superstar coming up. Then a year and a half later, he said he wants to fight at 145 pounds. I was at this one too, where the entire arena wanted to cry, where they rushed BJ's wife out the second Frankie Edgar was done whooping his ass. Um, that was another one. Then he came back two and a half years later. Uh, against Yair Rodriguez, which all of us were like, what Why? the fuck are we doing? And then they're like, let's get BJ a bone. He'll fight Dennis Seaver's old ass. And there was a moment where he almost got Dennis Seaver too, and I got so happy. And then, a year and a half later, they gave him Ryan Hall, a man with no punching. None. Zero. I mean, he's improved since, but none. Then he gets heel hooked. And then they give him old man Clay Guida in the last one. And they, this one, they're giving him Nick Lentz, which, why? All right, so from Dennis Seaver on, I will say, all right, that was competition that he could have possibly have beaten. The last three. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah. the ones before that, it's like, why, why are you giving him Rory? Why are you giving him Frankie Edgar? The, Fra the Rory one wasn't like, look, that was mildly, I was like, I don't like this necessarily because Rory's twice as big as him at 170 pounds here, but I still picked him in a parlay. So me and Stefan lost money on that one. We also thought Nate Diaz was going to be Benson Henderson. The people of oh. Seattle were real nice to us until we started rooting for not the guy from Seattle. By the way, <laughs> this was peak Niners Seahawks rivalry. So things were tense already. You know, <laughs> we were half at war with these people. Um, all right, fuck it. Let's do stuff we like. Mike, before I just turn this into a wrestling podcast for the last 15 minutes and you try to you know ask me questions um what do you got this week uh man i'm i'm really racking my brain i i thought i had something new this week um oh okay so one thing i discovered over the past week is uh i know i've talked about these guys before um Deezus and marrow they uh they used to have a show on uh on vice on viceland Viceland or Vice? I'm not sure. Uh, they, used, they used to have a show on Vice, and now they move their show over to Showtime, where it's essentially like a late-night clip show, right? Where, like, they'll have guests, um, they'll have videos on the internet, where, like, and they'll make jokes about it. What's that catchphrase of theirs? Um, you heard or the, something like that? The What's brand that is strong? No. Well, that too. Yeah, they have, like, 50 of them, but... I don't Europe? know. AOC. Yeah, there we go. That thing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's basically a, you know, a Bronx, you know, signal call. Yeah. You know, like a, like a warbler's a sing. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, so you know, they're they're two dudes that have their own, like, have their late night show, and they're very much a you know, New York sensibilities, which uh, you know, I connect with. And over the last month or so, I, I discovered they also have, have had a podcast for the last three or four years. So I've actually gone back from episode one and uh, started listening to all of them. Um, and I'm on about episode 35 now or episode 40. Uh, so the name of the podcast is the, the Bodega Boys. And it's basically them just there talking bullshit about what's going on in, on in the day, you know, whether it's 
something current events related or sometimes they'll go straight into the like the boss of website and you know see what's going on and um you know it's 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 nice because it's like two people that sound like everyone i grew up with um you know talking pop culture stuff and it makes me giggle at work which at times i have to stop listening to it because i can't be giggling at work so uh it's pretty thin for me this week but i will say if you have an hour or so try to give the the bodega boys a, a listen check it out uh showtime correct uh their show Deezus and marrow that's on showtime but the but podcast is everywhere the, pod, the podcast is everywhere you can find it on youtube soundcloud uh i don't know about stitcher i am a samsung guy uh, uh, so i don't know if you can find it on itunes or not i have to assume you can i was gonna say if you're not on itunes like some people like us have not figured out the spotify wrinkle but for the love of god if we're on itunes they're on itunes by the way thank you for if you've ever written a review all like two or three of you and if you know please and do the rest, and the rest of you if you're listening to this and you haven't written a review, yo, come on, help us out. You know what? Honestly, we're not making, we have no ads, so I don't think it really matters, but it would help, it'd make it me would feel better. So, exactly. It would help our self-esteem, Bobby. I like hearing good things about our show. Granted, this may not be the week to ask for that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. We're chilling. Um, Look, man, I like to be told I'm pretty. Um... I'm going to leave it like that. Uh, all right, folks. This is where we're going to talk about that wrestling. We're going to talk about the graps, as the English would say. I don't know if they say that. I've just heard a few English people online say that. We're going to talk about AEW All Out. AEW's second paid event, fourth event overall. Their final event before they go live on Net Turner on TNT starting October 2nd on Wednesday nights. Um, if you don't think this is a big deal, the WWE pulling NXT off their own network so they could put them on TV opposite AEW, don't kid yourself, they're doing it because of them, uh, is fucking just, it's momentous. Vince, Vince thought he killed everybody back in 2001. He thought he locked the industry down. But then these good Christian boys from Rancho Cucamonga made a YouTube show and it spiraled into an entire new wrestling promotion backed by a billionaire with more money than Vince. So he doesn't know what the fuck happened. All right. He just doesn't. <laughs> He's wishing he signed these boys like four years ago. Um, I'm going to talk about this show and I watched it with Steph. Uh, he's not here, but so he could have given you more insight. Um, I'll try to parrot some of the stuff he said because he was right about some stuff and I was right about some stuff. And I'm just going to, I'm going to only talk about how we were both right. Those things. Um, some of this stuff we watched more closely than others because we were also watching Stefan have a slow descent into rage. Actually, no, he's an adult. He was mildly annoyed at the end of the Oregon football game, but he kind of saw it coming. <laughs> it's just slowly falling apart. Um, go, uh, with the pre show on up. Nyla Rose, um, winning the battle royal, um, was. The good, a good move. If she's going to be your monster heel, she has not won yet. And her probably being the first champion, if I was booking, that's what I would do. Um, I think it'd be good. Um, and they got a lot of women signed, quite frankly. I'm not sure how many of the ones we saw were full time, but I mean, Britt Baker's out there, B Priestley, 
later on we saw Riho and uh Hikaru Shida. So they got a nice women's division. Um yeah, Nyla Nyla beat Brandy Road Rhodes, right? For the for the championship? No, there's no champion yet. Oh. She eliminated Britt Baker to get to the championship though. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I Mike, I appreciate it still. Uh <laughs> Private Party which is what we call, you know, independent wrestling version of the Street Profits. Um, more, let's say more Molly than alcohol is what we'd go with, with the private for the private party. Um, good matchup. Motherfuckers flying all over the place with Angelico and Jack Evans. If you know Angelico and Jack Evans, they've been doing this a long time. They've been doing flippy shit for a while. And them getting a chance to show it off was nice. Um, next came the start of the real show where the most over person in the company came out. And that is Luchasaurus. Um, people, he's a dinosaur. Okay. Thank okay. You. I he's, needed some explanation. He, he's a dinosaur named Luchasaurus. Um, he has a tag team partner named Jungle Boy, um, who is the son of Luke Perry. Um, so Jungle Boy Jack Perry, um, who's basically Tarzan. The name of their tag team is a boy and his dinosaur. But this time they also had Marco Stunt with them. Who is maybe four foot eleven and weighs about hundred and five pounds? Um, people lost their shit over these guys and them wrestling SCU. Just you know, good way to start a show with a hot crowd. Fun watch and Luchasaurus did a bunch of cool shit. He's the most popular guy in the company. It's amazing. Um, hey, we Mexican got dressed up as a dinosaur. I don't think he's Mexican. He's got a master's degree too. Hmm. His name is Austin Madelson, so not Mexican. Um, we got to see the uh, AEW debut of Pac. Um, the bastard Pac, I apologize. Didn't give him as much as a do here. Taken on Kenny Omega, where he choked Kenny unconscious. Clean victory for the Geordie, which I th- is, I'm not sure if Geordie's a slur for people in England. Is it me? If it is, I apologize greatly. He's from, Wait, he's from is it a slur for English people? I think he's from Newcastle. I think it might be a certain type of person. I don't know if it means everybody from Newcastle is a Jordy. Lo- Jordy Pack got the win here. The bastard. Um, I sent Mike um, the most relevant gif. Actually, it's one of the most relevant gifts from the Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela, Cracker Barrel Clash. Mike, um, I sent you Darby Allen. What would you describe to the people you saw? <laughs> what happened to Mr. Darby Allen? Well, before we even describe what happened to Darby Allen, um, if I have one critique about AEW is that they got to step their prop game up because that barrel looked fake as hell, man. Like he, the dude literally picked up the barrel with one arm uh-huh. and climbed into the ring. All right. You don't know. If I don't he care was, how he many been really steroids strong. they're doing. I don't care how many steroids they're doing. Barrels are heavy. Darby Allen's a clean wrestler. Okay. I don't think he's doing steroids. I'm not sure about clean, but yeah, to not get sidetracked. So, the clip you sent me so he took the cracker barrel and he got up on the top rope and he had set some guy up outside of the ring and when he went and he jumped on the cracker barrel to to throw it on the guy when he jumped the guy wasn't there anymore and literally he destroyed every vertebrae in his back it's worth mentioning what he landed on was the metal ring steps it's the part of the show where me and Stefan winced and covered our eyes. Um, also happening is when uh, Darby, the man who died right there, 
had a skateboard with thumbtacks on the bottom. And then he ollied onto Joey Janela. That wasn't nice. Um, yeah, it was a rough night, man, for these boys. Um, it was a real rough night. Um, God, I, at the end of this, more than anything else, my takeaway was like, these people, like, the show was good. It was a little long, but like, everybody out there just gave us anything, everything, like, we could ever ask for. They really went for it, man. And that was cool to see. Just a lot of them getting their chance there. Uh, the best friends, uh, the Dark Order had a decent tag match. Everybody had enough time to work. That was, honestly, some of these matches could have gone shorter. The, I mean, the Dark Order smoking the best friends or getting them, getting a cheap win early would have been cool. We saw Orange Cassidy show up. Um, really big for the crowd. They love that. We had, uh, the Japanese women wrestle, uh, the Joshi girls. Riho defeated Hikaru Shida. Awesome match. And now Riho will take on Nyla Rose to determine the first ever women's champ at the first show on October 2nd. Riho is about five foot tall, 105 pounds. Nyla Rose is huge. Nyla Rose is, we're going David and Goliath on that one. Uh, Cody and Sean Spears, um, man, Sean Spears cut short his honeymoon with man got married to Peyton Royce this week from WWE. So was having a real good week. Isn't that one of the iconics? Yes. Um, they just got married. He left his honeymoon to go have this match. Then he went back on his honeymoon. Um, so he was having a real good week until he lost to Cody here. Um, it was a good match though. Um, old school match. Tully Blanchard out there. Arn Anderson showed up. MJF teased the turn. I'm just giving you guys all a review. You should all watch it. It was a good show. The Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks had the most ridiculous tag team ladder match I've ever seen in my life. Um, there was at least, there was at least three or four times, one of which I sent you just now, where I was confident a man was breaking his neck. Um, there was so many crazy high spots. There was one where Nick Jackson tried to go to the outside. He had to fall off the ladder from inside to ring to the outside through two tables, but his foot caught the top rope and he face planted through only one of the ladders. We all thought he died. He got up from that. Um, they were just flying all over the place, man. Uh, Matt, uh, Jackson got hit with a Canadian destroyer through a ladder, off a ladder through a table. I mean, People who were caught, people thought the Bucks were going to win is their promotion. They're one of the bosses, but I mean, Kenny lost, the Bucks lost, Cody won. And then finally, Chris Jericho made history, becoming the first ever AEW champion, defeating Hangman Adam Page. Adam Page came out in a horse, with a horse, on a horse, which led to a, yeah, he's the Hangman, does cowboy shit. And because it's 2019, there was a bunch of, 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 uh, People taking the entrance and putting Old Town Road on in the background on Twitter. Um, what's going on with, uh, well, what's his name? Um, the guy that used to be in the Shield. Mox. So the reason we didn't get, Mox was going to wrestle Kenny Omega, but Mox got uh, MRSA in his elbow. He had to get his bursar sack removed. Um, so he was in, he'd been in Japan for like a month in the G1. So I'm imagining he just let it get worse and worse, whatever was wrong with his elbow. Got home, got it checked out. So they cleaned out his elbow. Seems like he's going to recover in time for the October 2nd show, but we didn't get Kenny and pa and Mox. That would have been, that's still a match we all wanted to see, but um, it was a really good show, man, honestly. And just a quick note, because this applies not just to this situation, but I'm, it's kind of applying. I'm going to try to apply it to just what we get in general in the news these days. 
You can apply to Disney and Sony. Um, people are lining up and like going fuck AEW or fuck WWE and just solidly getting behind a corporation. And why, I don't know why how. Do you, why do you got to be for one team? Why can't you okay. enjoy both? Exactly. I mean, maybe, look, I don't know. Maybe I'm on, online and I'm looking at Twitter and everybody on Twitter is hopefully 17 years old. But let me just be abundantly clear about this. They're just companies. All right? And you know what does – and, like, fundamentally, just whatever tickles your fancy, watch that. And if they put out a good product, great. Watch that product. But supporting their work – and this applies to a lot of things, quite frankly. I think many musicians, <clears throat> Kanye West, for example, uh, you know, just because you support someone's work or enjoy some of their work does not mean they are correct or right or virtuous or without fault it's just they're all making products and you're using your dollar to support it it's just a product even if it's a youtube video even if it's a song even if it's a video game it's a movie and just because they put out a good movie or just because they put out a good wrestling pay-per-view does not mean that they're always right people fuck up it's just like whatever you like and you know what this like especially with the wrestling fans. I'm gonna tell you because I lived through the Monday Night Wars. It was the greatest time in this business's in that business's history. It wasn't like we were all just picking WWF or WCW. We had a remote control, and when one was whatever had better shit going on, we watched that one at that moment. And let me tell you, on the West Coast, we were lucky enough that TNT would air Monday Nitro like on East Coast time. Like they, so we, I was able to watch Nitro, and then I watched Raw afterwards. It was great. It was a happy time. Um, just flip back and forth, and fuck, man, everything. Everybody's got a DVR. YouTube exists. Watch them both. Watch whatever you want. And you also, just... and also, just alluding to you know what you're talking about in your childhood, the fact that those Monday Night Wars they were, you know, scheduled for the same time, that meant that. You know, WWF, and which turned into the WWE and WCW, they had to make sure they were always putting out, you know, a top product. They pushed themselves. It rose the tide of all ships. So even if you are a diehard WWE fan, you should hope that AEW does very well, which will only push Vince. It will only push the writers of the, of the WWE to make good storylines to make things compelling to also push for you know more exciting or more innovative hey, you know what? More daring matches more people were watching back then do you know i mean there's also no hulu netflix yeah but i mean even at 10.7 million people watched stone cold versus the undertaker on cable on cable they did walking dead numbers watching wrestling back in 1999 just saying. That happened. So more people used to watch this stuff. And when it all got consolidated, you know, it was less fun. So yeah, man, it's just a show. And uh, someone was saying this all about stan culture. People say they stand this, they stand that. Mm -hmm. I know I'm like an old man talking like this, but these people, like that word stan comes from the Eminem song, stan. Are you asking me or telling me? No, I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. Do people think that had a that was a good moral to that story? Like that song was not a it wasn't a guide to how to handle fandom. 
I think you're reading a bit too much into it, Bob. They're not thinking that far ahead. No, no, I think they're not reading far enough into it. When they could, they when like they they're they're saying I stand this, I stand that. That seems like why would you? That just sounds like you're crazy to me. If I, if you told me you stand somebody, I'm like, oh, that means you in the in the goddamn song, Stan killed his baby mama and himself. I would assume that if someone told you I stand him, you were you would probably say, did you mean to say you stabbed him? Because if, if you, you did, did. Uh, <laughs> I need to get away from you right now. Okay, I'm just saying. I just, that was my old man rant about stuff. But um, we're going to be back next week. Um, the UFC, is they run, are they running a pay-per-view? I mean, they just had a pay-per-view. What are they running after this? Oh, we get to talk about Cerrone versus Gaethje, which gives me so much excitement, Mike. That sounds like a pretty sweet fight. Rest of the card is whatever, but who gives a fuck? I mean, woo! That's par for the course with the UFC at this point. I mean, no, actually, it's not that bad, man. We get the return of Todd Duffy. I haven't seen Todd Duffy fight in years. We got Misha Serkinov versus somebody. We got... um, Todd never back down part two two Duffy. Yep. Hell yeah. We got Antonio Carls Jr., as Mark liked to say, against Uriah Hall. We got Nikita Krylov Glover Teixeira, which is a really going to be a rough night for Glover Teixeira. I think at this point in Glover Teixeira's career, when they ask you to fight a 27-year-old and you know with 25 finishes and 25 wins, they are not thinking you're going to win that fight. <laughs> they are sending you a message with a yeah. fight booking like that. Yeah, where we what this where this card's in this country though? Eh, it's not that mean. It's not that mean. Um, it's actually not bad. Uh, there's some stuff on this card. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll see if Brian Bader has lost that belt and the new era of darkness has taken hold <laughs> in, in Bellator. <laughs> um, I watched the Star Wars trailer, man. I just That's what's in my mind. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I'm the, the Mandalorian or the other one? Either. I watched the Mandalorian. I didn't look for the other thing. The uh, I saw enough still pictures of the girl holding the lightsaber that I was like, okay, I got you. Um, I haven't watched the Joker trailer because I watched that either. Well, it's like I tell myself now I watch one trailer and like that's it because I don't like. There's so many trailers and clips now that like you see half the goddamn movie. So once I'm in, I'm in. And I saw the first Joker trailer and I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this thing. And now there's reviews or people are saying the movie is so good, but it's got disturbing moments that I'm like. When the fuck does this come out? I need to see this Joker movie. I believe it's in October, isn't it? Ooh, was it if it was November, I'm saying I'm come see. I'll see when I'm there with you. But um, now we're just googling stuff. Joker movie. Can I get a fucking release date? Ooh, maybe October fourth. Oh, all right. So about a month away. Yeah, we'll watch AEW on Wednesday, and then I'll go see Joker if it comes out on Thursday early. I'll go see that on Thursday. Um. All right, boys and girls, thank you all for listening. I'm surprised we got 70 minutes out of this podcast of just rambling, to be honest. I uh, hope you had a good Labor Day. Um, I think the next big holiday everybody gets is, uh, what, Thanksgiving or Veterans Day? Sorry, Veterans Day. Uh, no, so not everybody, it's so not everybody uh, gets that. It's uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Man, nobody gets in that. In October. Nobody gets that. That's called Columbus Day. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Nobody. I mean, nobody gets that holiday. Unless you're a government employee or work for a bank. Oh, Best case. That's me. You might get that. You got to get that off? <laughs> yeah, since uh, since I'm working at a bank right now, yeah. Oh, right on. 
Um, all right, boys and girls, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, if you order the fights, let's see if you'll have to order the other one too. Fuck, there's the other ones on the zone. Pay money and watch MMA or don't. You decide. See you guys next week. I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms. Peace. See you guys. Bonus content for you guys still listening. The entire sport's behind a paywall. Think about that. Have a nice week.